Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I am Cody. I just always start this podcast with such a big smile, but then the more we go on, it just slowly fades. I want you to know that's all your fault. I don't think we have anything to frown about this week, Jordan. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling happy with my world, and I'm feeling, you know, just good in general. Just a quick, because I have to, because of pride and everything, I want everybody to know that I am fully aware that last week, I definitely said green man and not gray man. And I want to know, no matter how adamant I was about being right, I was actually wrong. And I do know that. And I do fully admit that. He, You, you did text me. So for our audience, <laughs> Jordan did text me and say, Cody, I went back and listened to the episode. I did say little green men called grays. And then I responded, lick, lick, lick my balls. Yeah, which I thought was a very good and like very like healthy adult way to respond to me just being humble and just being like, I could have tried <laughs> to edit that out, but I like was just like, hey man, I effed up. So um I went there and he was like, lick, lick, lick my balls. And I'm like, fine. Not fine, lick your balls, but like fine, like be that way. I think it was an appropriate response. I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that because I just got this like, of course. Of course he said that to me. Just, uh, just whatever, man. Just whatever. I'm, I'm fine with you being. Um, how are you doing, Cody? Well, Jordan, I mean, why don't we just get into it? I watched Castlevania. I'm happy. Okay, so you don't sound happy about that in the least, man. Okay, so check it out. Here's My thoughts on Castlevania are complex, okay? Because on the one hand, I, I love the first season. So first season's great. Love it. I love yeah. the three characters, um, Trevor, Trevor. Yeah. As you described in text, whip guy, cute magic girl, and Fabio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's horrible, but the only name I don't remember is the girl's name. She's just cute magic girl. I don't know. Saifa. Saifa. That's it. That's hard to remember. I mean, Alucard Dracula I, I give you that it actually is hard to remember, but still, Fabio was the best description. I mean, Alucard is just Fabio, but those three really have great chemistry. Like, yes, Fabio and Whip Boy are just great together. the The way that they just like nail at each other, but both of them like are very indifferent and don't care. Well, it's they fun. nail at each other, but then usually they laugh after, like laugh together afterwards. And I really like the scene at the end where like he like try where Trevor tries his hardest to be like kind of. Alucard and waves, and then Alucard just flips him off, and I thought that was perfect. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and I like how she's always like, boys, stop fighting, and they're both just like, no, we don't like anybody. Like, so why like would we other, stop being we're not mean. going to like each other, so. Yeah, like, it's a very mutual, like, jabbing at each other, but I also, so, I like the original story of Dracula, and what I like about it is that it's a story about, like, friendship overcoming adversity, so... Dracula is this villainous thing, and the way they beat him is not by singular heroic acts, but, like, coming together as friends. It, so I liked that at the end, the way that they were successful was friendship, you know? you know, It's maybe I, a little I, well, bit really, cliche, but it's cute, you know? It, and I really like the scene when they first walk into the castle at the very end, and, like, Trevor goes, is like, okay, I'll terrify them, Sypha, you disorient them, and then Alucard goes all out and will support him. And I just really yeah. like how that, like... Right there at the start of that fight, they just had that chemistry of fighting. And that was one of the... The fight scenes in it are spot on perfect. Yes. So here, here's here's my rub, Jordan. Here is my beef with the second season. Is Yeah, sure. Okay, so first season, what I liked is the clarity of intent and execution from Dracula. To me, Dracula was a good villain the way that, like... Um, Thanos was a good villain from Infinity Wars. Like, Thanos's reason and method was stupid for what he was doing. Why, yes, it was. Thanos believed in what he was doing and had drive. Does that make sense? Like, he was a driven and unstoppable force. That makes Thanos cool because it feels like they're fighting a force of nature. To yes. me... When you're having your heroes fight a Dracula, what makes it cool is when, like, they think that they have the upper hand and then Dracula's like, but I'm Dracula. Like, 
Surprise! <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I'm dra- like, have you seen? Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Helsing. Vampolka. Well, yeah, Vampoka is great. But have you seen Helsing? <laughs> yeah, I have, I've seen Helsing. We've talked about Helsing on the show before. Okay, I forgot that. So you, me- Wait, do you no, know the no, thing sorry, where I, there's like I the fake vampires? We have not Helsing? talked about Helsing on the show before. Sorry. Do you know the part in Helsing where like there's fake vampires that have like a microchip or something that makes them into like half vampires? Yeah. And one of them tries to go toe to toe with Dracula, and he's like, "No, <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah." Like you're in the big leagues now. What are you doing? So I like those moments with Dracula where you realize, like, oh, shoot, this is Dracula, right? So the show had that one time when, like, God Poops or whatever his name is. Um, Who? Angry oh, Gods. Um, God, 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 I don't know, something stupid. You know what I mean? The the the, the Viking vampire, yeah. which he even had some funny lines. I like boats. Is like one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> like the, a, that's I'm big. At the end of the, I, I like, like boats. boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that was a funny line. Um, like there's the part where he like tries to threaten God Dracula, Brand. and Dracula's just like, "What? I'm Dracula. Come on, do you really want to mess with me?" And he's like, "No." And so yeah. I like that little bit. The problem is that then Dracula's like. Just didn't care about anything by the end of the show. It's just like I give up. Like you can, you guys can yeah, win. I, I agree he like with you already, on that one. he already lost by the time the heroes got there. And then you you think about like a narrative cul-de-sac, which is the idea of where there's like this little loop in the story that just closes itself off and didn't affect the overall plot. Yeah. And I know the reason they introduced all those other vampires and like the political intrigue was so that they could have a third season. And I know that and they, Camilla... they did a really good job setting up Carmilla as the um, bad guy for the next season. Yeah, kind of. And and I get that Carmilla's like a recurring character in-universe, like Carmilla's in a lot of the games or whatever. Yeah. But it, it was frustrating because it felt like they nerfed Dracula so they could set up Carmilla as just like another yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I see. And I right. wish that there had just been a better Dracula, like... I like the idea of Dracula being like, no, my goal is to eradicate humanity and I'm going to fully throw myself into it. Instead, he's just like, meh, I could kill everything, I guess, but I just don't want to anymore. Yeah, like, and I mean, they were, trying to, <sighs> they were trying to go on that whole plot line of, oh, the villain wants to wipe out humanity because humanity is a plague. But in the process, the villain also wants to wipe himself out, so therefore the rest of the planet can just strive. And they kind of went about that, but it just it was kind of weak with the whole Dracula being an emo kid the whole time. Yeah, it, it just, like... So, you know, it's a good example of, of a thing actually doing that well is Blade Runner, where, yeah. like, at the end of that um, replicant's life, he, like, just decided not to kill somebody, not for any particular reason, but he just didn't really care to see more death. I think that, like... But that made more sense for that guy, because that guy never wanted to murder all of humanity. He was trying to fight for just, like, a life for his, like, loved ones in the short term, and he knew that, you know? And I guess in that case, it made more sense to me, but for Dracula, it just felt like they took this really powerful, interesting character, Dracula, and were like, what if he's a sad boy? Like, oh. I, but I did Well, all the parts with Dracula suck. (laughs) But I did appreciate some of the um, some of the emotions you get from Dracula, like in the last fight, how he kind of stops and is like, "Crap, I'm killing my son. I'm killing oh, my own son." That's so campy, I, though. It, it like, was freaking Dracula. I appreciated that because we like kind of lose it. He's like, "Oh, my son's here. Okay, I'm gonna effing kill him." But then he's like, "Oh, he goes into his son's room and sees a picture of the family together. He's like, oh no, I." I am a monster kind of thing. Yeah, it's tropey, it's cliche, it's kind of goofy, but I liked how they brought it together, and I think that at least the third season, they have a good set for it. But my thought is, do you think they'll still have Trevor and Sypha as part of the story? Well, I mean, they have to have Trevor, right? He's kind of the main character. Well, do you yeah. mean Alucard? I meant, like, because they kind of, like, said, okay, well, now we're going to go off on our own adventure, and the vampires, they don't matter right now. Well, yeah, I mean, that's we're kind but then of the in vampires love, are going to come back. But we're not actually explicitly in love. Well, no, but th- that again is like, man, read Dracula. It's just all platonic hugs. That's the, the whole <laughs> book. It's, just, it's very platonic hugs. It's just a bunch of friends hugging each other, and no one ever has any sex, which is 
fine, especially for the time period. That was like a thing in books. Hey man, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that's my thoughts on it. it. Was just like I was disappointed by Dracula, who never got it. Like he kind of got an epic Dracula moment where he like shoots a son at them, yeah. but then they're just like, no. You didn't shoot his son at us, and he's like, "Well, I guess I didn't. Now I'm gonna kill my son." And I'm just like, he shoots a son, and then they try to magic it away, but like, it's still a son. (laughs) I do like how, uh, like, she's like doing all the work, and then just Trevor leans against her. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Trevor. Seems like Matt was gonna push into it. It's like, okay, this is working, right? Yeah. Also, like always, it shows. What's his name? It's just like. I was just going to say, I like how Alucard's strategy is, I'm going to stab it. Like, thanks, Fabio. You nailed yeah. it. I, I liked Alucard, because it's in the game, but I liked Alucard's floating sword as his, like, method of attacking, where he'll go, like, kind of fight. Then also, a sword comes out of the air. And sword. I like, I like it because I know that's Alucard, and I know that from the game. Yeah. It bothered me that they suddenly did it, and it felt like he, like, leveled up and then unlocked Flying Sword, and I'm like... <laughs> Why well, didn't he, they just do that right away? He did unlock Flying Sword. And I, I thought it was kind of awesome. I liked all of the fight scenes were really cool. Um, I like how straight up Trevor finds the Morningstar Whip. The, yeah. <laughs> the freaking alt weapon yeah. of the game. It's like, oh, Morningstar Whip. Boom, you're dead. Boom, you're dead. And I like how it's just like in a bookcase for some yeah, reason. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is the Morningstar. It's like, wow, you didn't even have to do a special quest for it. You just found the Morningstar. Good job, Trevor. Yeah, right. No, but the, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I is, agree with you on the things that you were disappointed by. I thought it was a little bit slow, but I did appreciate Because if you're going to have a show be that slow, you need to have an excellent payoff for it. And I thought the payoff of the last two, well, last three episodes of that huge fight scene, and it just was an excellent payoff for it being a little bit slower this season i thought it was i thought it was okay the library i fell asleep during like some of the library alucard telling his sad backstory parts yeah granted it was four in the morning i had not slept and i watched it in one sitting so i was very tired um but you know that was just kind of that was my journey with it it. it was i thought personally it was good and i thought the excellent payoff of the last few fight scenes were good so how was sabrina uh i mean look here's the deal i really liked it uh but i could understand if other people didn't but i like tongue-in-cheek satan things do you want to know the funny thing about sabrina though what's the funny thing they're getting sued by the the church of satan which i think is hilarious yeah Oh, it's really funny. I think it's hilarious. Oh, it's man. Like, it's... Okay, guys. But I, I see your point. Because Christians also get mad when, like, Jesus is betrayed the wrong way and all that stuff. And is be- yeah, but so, yeah like, I don't know. I don't agree, but it's just like, fine. It's funny. My point is that Family Guy has Jesus as a stupid character and God as a stupid character in their show. Yeah. And no one goes crazy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also, like, like, so what the Satanic Temple's actually complaining about is stealing of a copyrighted, is stealing of a trademarked material um, because of a statue in Sabrina being like an almost copy, almost identical copy of a statue they had commissioned. Oh, brother. But the problem is that statue that the Satanic Temple had commissioned was based on a painting in the public domain that's like 400 years old and was painted by a Catholic. <laughs> So it's like, well, okay, yeah, technically they copied your statue that was a copy of something in public domain, so come on, like, relax. Oh, Jesus, that's that's. But they're bad. like, yeah, the, sat- the satanic church isn't actually about witches. Like, yeah, no one thinks that, dude. Come on. It's, I don't it's, know. It's, I don't know. I'm going to offend all of our satanic listeners. I'm sorry. If you're a member of the Church of Satan, I respect that you don't actually want to go around and drink Christian blood. I, I understand that. But I mean, if you I do, know. that's fine. <laughs> well, no, Jordan, that's that's not okay. I don't I don't think there's ever a time it's okay to drink Christian blood, but um, like, I, I don't know how you think like, that's something that there's like two sides it. of. It's like whatever you choose to do in life, just do it. It's fine. You can drink people's blood. It's fine. Well, like, yeah, that Jordan, that's true. And we're talking about like <laughs> if I want to slaughter a pig in my front yard, but not when it's like, hey, I want to go and uh, I want to go and eat people. You know, I think that's a pretty one sided argument. <laughs> 
Also, know that everything I say is satire and don't actually go out and eat people because I told you to. Please. No, no, Jordan. The Church of Satan's going to sue you. Base is covered. Thanks. <laughs> so, you want to get on with this episode? <laughs> yeah, man. I really do. I, I'm feeling pretty okay about my world right now. I think I, think I nailed it. Okay. Do you want to roll for initiative? I really want to roll for initiative, and I'm hoping I roll better this time. I, I, I kind of want to go first. I hope so, too. For the love of God, Jordan. What did you roll? Are you messing with my dice? What did you roll? Would You tell me no, first. No, you always go first. What did you roll? I rolled a four. You're going first. I rolled a two. Really? Wow. Are you lying? I'm, ju- I'm just curious. Are you no, lying? No, I'm not actually lying. Not this mm-hmm. time. I lied. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not lying. I don't lie. I always tell the truth. You look pretty today. Oh. See? I always tell the truth. Anyways, you ready to go? Yeah, let's fight. Oh, you're talking about the podcast, sure. Alright, my my world is lame. Lab- oh, just so everyone knows, we didn't talk about this. The topic for this week is uh Earth is is land world, no water, so it's the opposite of water world, no yeah, land. Oh, right? Yeah, no, I completely forgot to introduce the topic as usual. Thank you for covering my but on the um, hosting. No, that's fine, Jordan. We're co-hosts, all right? You're not the host, and I'm not the other host. You know, like, we're both the hosts. I'm you know? the host, and you are the other guy, yeah. Wow, okay, goodness. Well, I've been put in my place. Anyways, <laughs> my world this week is titled The Dirt. The Eden Project. Hello, Traveler, and congratulations on being chosen by The Eden Project. Yeah, sure, thanks, What man. awaits you is paradise. What, Jordan? I just interrupted you, sorry. What? No. What awaits you is paradise, a land unspoiled and new. We have cultivated every aspect of Eden 13 to be perfect for human habitation and growth. We are not making colonies. We are making heaven real. Now that you made it through our rigorous screening program, the rest of the journey is simple. Just sit back and relax. You're going to sleep for a while, but when you awake, it will be to a new life. 20 years later, alarm bells ring, everything is shaking. What? No, keep going. I'm enjoying this. Keep going. Okay. 20 years later, alarm bells ring, everything is shaking. You feel motion sick, confused, and mostly blind. Then everything stops. The door pops open and a wave of heat, a wave of dry heat hits you. You're starving and thirsty. You roll to the dusty ground and look up. There's a worn and fading sign that says, welcome to Eden Hurt. Eden 13, welcome to heaven. In the distance, you see a trail of dust on the horizon. As the the object zooms closer to you, you see a, (laughs) what I described as scaly. A blue roadrunner that goes beep beep and keeps running. You see a man (laughs) in a scaly duster and faded clothes fly towards you on what looks like handlebars strapped to a jet engine. He coasts to a stop um, and hops off of the steed question mark (laughs) (laughs) kid you just landed in a bad way is he mr t can i can i keep going i'm pretty fool no he's supposed he's supposed to sound like a cowboy huh kid you just landed in a bad way this here's the dirt it's forsake it's forsaken you see god man and hell even water they've forsaken this land and you kid you just missed the memo well, son, grab your gear and let's head to town. We'll find you some work and some food. And the rest of the And then A-team. you'll try not to die. <laughs> what? I said, and the rest of the A-team. Hey, it's not supposed to be Mr. T. He's supposed to sound like a cowboy. <laughs> you look green now, pard. Give it a few years and you'll look brown and dried up just like the rest of us. Get on the back of my jet horse and let's scoot. All right, so Eden 13. Let's talk about what it looks like. Eden 13 was a... Planet that was terraformed by like a mega corporation um, when Earth started to get all sucky because it seems like every time there's terraforming, it's because Earth gets all sucky. That's like half of our world so basically, right here is Earth getting sucky. Let's make a new one. Well, I mean, why else would people ever go to space? So Earth gets all sucky. People start wanting to make, you know, a whatever, a colony. Megacorp is like, hey, we'll make a new place. And and then, they, you know, then they just start wallying people, right? They just like slam them onto a jumbo jet and throw them at the stars, right? <laughs> I hope it's so, just like that so unceremoniously just like get in it. Well, like I don't know if you like kind of caught at the beginning where like the little thing was, 
you made it through a rigorous screening program, yeah. and then it's just like, sit down, knocked out, now you're getting flown into space. That's it. It's like, Strap it, you turn in an application, and they're like, yep, put him on the jet, bye, you know, and that and that's it. Get him right? in, get him out. So, um, when you land on Eden 13, what becomes immediately apparent is that there's no water. It's a desert. It's completely barren and has been for a very, very long time. The um, whatever uh, terraforming was attempted to be done failed. So instead of like there being like this lush, perfect land, it all dried up and died. Um, but the problem is, right, delay. They sent col- colonists assuming the planet was good and then the colonists got there, right? Um, so now what they're left with is a world with almost no, no moisture present and that they're having to try to survive on. And this is now kind of past when colonists first arrived here. So this is, you're not like the first colonists to land here. There has been them here for a while now. Okay. Um, but yeah, so for the most part, it's just kind of a failed, uh, what would you call it? A uh, terraforming experiment. So anyways, that is my geography. Okay, good. Desert. Sounds like you have four sections this time. Uh, I think I actually, I do have four sections. I nailed it this time. Okay. Well, it's because I actually have the correct sections. I don't just have four sections because why not? I actually have geography, flora and fauna, society past, society current. I'm proud of you, Cody. You're you're doing a good job. I am. Okay. So also you're supposed to say thank you. No, I just am doing a great job. Jordan, tell me all about your world. No water. Don't give me the finger. This is a PG-13 podcast. All right, hook me up, Jordan. Let me hear this world. This is my geography. You wake up due to the loud banging noises of the craft landing. Your hands and feet are bound. No, no, you can't. No, no, no. Your world cannot start the exact same way as my world. Can you you let me go? Why? No, I'm mad that you're copying. Why is this? Every single time I open my mouth, why do you have to cut me off? Well, because I'm mad right now, but go ahead, I guess. Look, man. I understand that, like, we've been friends. We've been doing this for 33 episodes almost. And you have to be you. But just let me talk for once in my life. I just need to be heard, man. I just need to shine. I'm a shining star. I just need to shine. I should just let you talk because when you do, it's completely ridiculous, you shining star. (laughs) Shut up, man. Anyways. (laughs) You wake up due to the loud banging noises of the craft landing. Your hands and feet are bound, making it hard for you to move around. Wakey, wakey, sleepyhead, your cellmate calls. We're finally here at the end of life. The main door for your compartment opens, and a large, craggly rock creature enters. He says nothing, but clicks the button to remove your leg restraints. He then motions all of the other prisoners outside. From here, you will be walking to your next destination, the Citadel, the galaxy's largest prison. The Citadel exists here on Omnicron, the dead planet. The planet, from what you can see, is completely barren. There is no green life, no animals, only rocks and rivers of lava. In the distance, you can see the shapes of volcanic mountains where the tribes of the inhabitants of this world, the golems, used to live. Now most of the golem kind lives in the Citadel. The air is hot and the sun beats down on you through the thick gray clouds. Even though it is completely covered, the heat from this planet's sun is completely unbearable. From stories, you know that the gray clouds that seamlessly cover the sky are manufactured so that you, the prisoners, or the damned as they call you, cannot locate where you are in the galaxy. During the day and the night, the sky is constantly gray. You cannot tell the day and night cycle, which is designed specifically to disorient humans. The golems do not need to sleep, so they are not affected by this. You see no water, but instead rivers and lakes of lava weaving in and out of the barren land. This only adds to the heat around you. You and the group of prisoners you came in with walk for miles until you finally see it, the gigantic castle-like area which is the prison on this planet. You've heard story after story that this place takes up more than half of the planet. But then again, you thought all of those were just stories, and you would never actually end up here. Outside of the citadel, you see many prisoners working like slaves, swinging pickaxes and moving rocks. As you know that the resources of Omnicron have no use to humans, you know that these acts are solely for punishment to keep the prisoners busy and weak. Other prisoners work on building the citadel up for golems, for the golems. 
More space means more prisoners that can be taken in and more land for the golems to control. This place is a nightmare. It has earned its nickname well, the end of all life. Your turn. Golems are just the worst, man. What the heck? Yeah, dude. I just... They're always after the one ring. <laughs> golems, golems. How is it? They're always biting Samwise Gamgees. Okay, it's just the worst, man. You know what? I hate you and I knew you were going to make that joke. What? I knew when I wrote this world you were going to make Did you? Yeah. Did you really know yeah, I was going to make unoriginal. a joke? <laughs> you were a copy of a copy and I just want you to know that. Well, that hurts. All right, here we go. Here's my next Love part. I guess it's just going to be a copy of a copy, and you're not even going to care I about it, but whatever. I really care because you're Cody, and you're my best friend. Not really, but go on. Jordan, the crusty man Ugh. shouts at you over the, the sounds crusty, of the jet horse. The crusty man is the worst description you've given for one of your characters ever. That is so Ugh, He's crusty. Yeah, pard, I reckon this ain't the safest place to live, but it ain't all bad either. We managed to breathe, so we managed to breathe some life into this here old dust ball. Now, we even got some of them trees. You know, we got crops you can eat, and yeah, we even got water. You see, pard, the real thing is working out how to keep the water where we needs it. Water's life here on this old dust bowl. It's life to our snake ranchers, and the snake ranchers are life to us. You have snakes? You see... Yeah, I have What in the one. world? We did a, 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 a switcheroo. Yeah, notice the guy's duster was a scaly duster oh, made from snakeskin. Crap. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. They don't have leather. They have, they have snakeskin. I love you. Though. When we got here, all there was was weasel snakes and saber claws. Well, we couldn't make enough meat to live on from them weasels. And, well, we're meat to the saber claws, so snakes it is. Don't mind telling you, though, pard. Snake ranchers is raised up on venom and hard and living. Snakes might not be deadly wise as them saber claws, but they ain't too friendly like you and me neither. One of them gets out and crawls in the big house. You better hope his little ones is either immune, dangerous, or unloved, because them snakes is nasty. <laughs> or unloved. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I was proud of the unloved line. I, I was hoping you would get it. Yeah, no, you're doing good. So there was not a lot native to this land when people first settled here. Basically, there were very small rodents that they just called weasels, but there was probably many different kinds of small rodents. Um, and then there were snakes that ate those rodents. And then there's the uh, saber paws that are like, you know, large cats that just eat everything. Oh, I thought they, they were wolves. So. Oh. Huh, weird. I mean, they could also be desert wolves, whatever. They're mammalian predators. You know, you make your own decision. They could be giant duck-billed platypuses. Don't try to turn that around. Uniquely unfrightening. Anyways, so when people first landed, they needed to think of something to, like, once people landed and figured out how to get water and some crops, they needed to diversify their diet, you know, eat some meat, get some protein, whatever. And really, the only thing around to eat that was feasible was snakes, um, so my idea is that snakes on this world are like cows are now. <laughs> so are you familiar with cows and like what they are now versus what they used to be? Am I familiar with cows? No, I've never heard of them. Well, no, 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 no. Hear me out on this. Have you ever seen like the animal that cows came from? Like the undomesticated version of a cow? Just like a, basically a bull? Yeah, but they look terrifying, right? Looking up now. But then now, right, we've bred cows to be just like basically giant pieces of meat on little stick legs. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, they do look pretty terrifying. Yeah, right. They're all like cut up and like ripped looking and look like they're designed to kill yeah. you. And now cows just look like a barbecue on <laughs> legs because we want as much meat as possible. So all the snakes in this world are like giant fat snakes. You know what I mean? Because they just like pump them as full of food as they can. And they're all like bloated and chubby snakes, you know? I'm just imagining like a snake with like a beer belly. Just like, ugh. Like barely able to move. Just like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, these are barely snakes anymore. What they are is just giant meat tubes. <laughs> I should not have said meat tube. I'm going to apologize in advance uh, for saying meat you. tube. Um, I didn't say that's what it was, but anyways, they're, they're, they're meat tubes. Um, they're basically sausages. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they are just a hundred percent meat and fat and they're just designed to be eaten, but they're still poisonous. Oh, no. Um, so 
a lot of people ended up becoming snake ranchers and they keep herds of snakes, but they all have to like, as soon as they have kids, they have to start giving them venom to like get them immune to venom. You know how like people yeah. inject themselves with venom if they want to get immune yeah, to doses. it. Um, yeah. So all of the snake ranchers are like kind of venomous a little bit. Cause in my head, if you become immune to venom, you yourself become a little sure. bit venomous. That's not Don't how know that that's works true. for sure. But after generations, in my opinion, these guys are starting to get a little bit snaky. Um, so snake ranchers are very like tough and cruel men, but they're also um, essential to society because they provide most of the food that isn't just a vegetable. So there are snakes, there are saber claws, and there are weasels. I and we're weasels. Okay, to the so snake I animals. literally wasn't going to do snakes this world because it's like okay, the jokes, you know that I always do snakes. So let's not do snakes for once in my freaking life. And then you just do snakes and like you kill it with the snakes. And I'm so proud of you with doing snakes. Like I, I really was just like, what's the worst thing that you could ranch? Like in my head, I was like, what would be the worst livestock animal? And I'm like, Oh, it would be this, well, like a bundle. I like of to think snakes. that you went into this WWJD. What would Jordan do? And like, you killed it. Yeah, but I made the snakes ugly. <laughs> you have made the snakes. Hey, <laughs> shut up. I don't have a thing for snakes in. <laughs> hey, Jordan, did you know that there's a Star Wars novel where, like, a snake man tries to seduce Princess hey, Leia? You know I don't care because that sounds disgusting. <laughs> it, it is. The Star Wars novels are exclusively they garbage. Like, they sound like just bad fan exists. fiction. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for saying They that. are. They are bad fan fiction. I'm going to get so much flack. But anyway, anyways... Yeah, I like your world so far. I appreciate that you did snake, almost snake people, almost. No, they're not you snake people. Well, uh, okay, the okay, ranchers yeah, are. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. I kind of did snake too, people. Cody. <laughs> Ew, Jordan, too far. Too far. This is a PG thirteen oh, podcast, Jordan. Okay, so this was. You know, it's really awful, Jordan. So this is my four and fauna. One of my shortest sections, as usual, <laughs> per usual. The beings that inhabit this land and have been here for millions of years are the golems. Golems, golems, whatever. This land was previously thought to be completely devoid of life, but then humankind discovered the golems. The golems are born of the rock and do not mate. They awaken in their adult forms and do not die unless killed by an outside force. The golems are large creatures made of rock and lava flows through their bodies like blood. They seem to be able to think, but communication with them is rare, as they only use their telepathy to talk to those they deem worthy. They ain't got mouths. <laughs> the golems subsist on volcan- Thanks for <laughs> that, Jordan. subsist on volcanic ash, rock, and lava. These are all things that are plentiful on Omicron's surface. Under the surface are where the rock worms and other, and other insect-like creatures live. The creatures take the rocks and ash that they consume and process them in their bodies, making nutrients that can be used to sustain human life. The golems have humans go beneath the surface to collect these nutrients. This, among many other jobs, is another punishment given by the golems. The citadel uses these nutrients to keep the prisoners alive, but is only enough to keep them alive, not necessarily healthy. The prisoners on Omicron are in a perpetual state of starving and made even weaker by all the work that the golems force on them onto them. On your walk into the citadel, you saw a, saw on your walk into the citadel, you saw a few human skeletons strewn across the land. They were not picked clean by the by any animals and no damage seemed to have come to the bodies. They simply just lay down and died where they were. And that's my forafana. I thought I I I, th I thought that was like leading oh, it into is, something, but, it's, but that's I, cool. I like to kind of have my sections lead into each other so there's still a flow. No, no, I, I get it. I no, get sorry. it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was just like a clumsy transition for me. I was like waiting for you to say your next line about the bodies on the floor. And I was Let like, the bodies oh, hit the okay. floor. I mean, I was thinking that the whole time. So I'm glad you said it because I was thinking it. Anyways, those was dark times, kid. We managed to scrape by, but it was a close thing. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about the past. I, I realized I didn't like you specify didn't that. Oh, you just went right into it. And that was so funny. The past! The past! Those was dark times, kid! When we first arrived, we managed to scrape by, but it was a close thing. Hang on a second. Yep, I am clipping the whole time I'm talking. Let me let me back off the microphone a little bit. Just gonna back up. You see? 
You done? You done I laughing, George? With you, because that was very funny. He's like, oh, I, I'm too, I'm too close. I'm too close. Got to back off. Got to back off. Anyways, you see, folk, they good by nature, large in parts that is. But when you're starving and dying of thirst, you'd kill a man just to try to drink Ooh. his blood. Now, no, don't look at me like that. Maybe you, right? Maybe you would remain good. But I'm telling you, most don't. Most turn cruel, and most get violent. Dark days and darker nights, pard. Them's was hard folk round that time. Even the ones that did not turn downright violent was defensive. They'd soon kill their own neighbor. Hell and tarnation, they'd kill their own kin if they thought they was after their water, or they thought they was unsafe. That's still true today. Never touch another man's drink. That can still get you killed. Ain't no laughing matter here. But anyways... Back to yestertimes. Folks had her bad. Cruel people ruled back then. Till the sheriffs raised up. Um, what? quick question. Where does the water come from? We're getting to that part. Anyways. <laughs> uh, no, that that's fine. It's a legitimate question that I do answer. Unless, of course, <laughs> I don't. It's a question I answer. Unless I don't. I might have forgotten to write down where the water came from, but I know where it came from, okay. so it'll be in it. Anyways, let me find where I am in this random sheriff rambling. Anyways, that was till the sheriffs rose up. Them's is my people. I'm a sheriff myself. But them sheriffs back then was legendary. Women and men with nothing but what they could scavenge, steal, and build to fight against tyrants. But more than that, they was teachers, engineers, and scientists. Learning folk that taught the common man how to build a society that could function on nothing. They taught us how to use... A few foods and process rocks into water how to maintain closed environments so we could save that water. They was heroes. They was the sheriffs. Okay, so society in the past. Have you been playing um, Red Dead Redemption or something? No, I really haven't, honestly. I, I don't know why. I just it just seemed like a western, so then I just kinda leaned into it. Okay, yeah, you're you're heavily Western vibes, but I, I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's supposed to be. So, um, okay, I will say this. The the idea of squeezing rocks for water comes from the movie My Favorite Martian, where nice. um, Christopher Lloyd says, The only water on Mars had to be squeezed from rocks. <laughs> so, that, that's, that's where I got that that's idea. Fun. But anyways, um, so the idea is everyone lands on this desert wasteland that's supposed to be paradise, and they have some stuff with them, right? So they weren't sent with nothing but their clothes. They had advanced technology. They had all of the best that a future world that could have colonies would mm-hmm. offer them. So for a while, they managed to be okay. But as soon as things started to break and they weren't able to rely on their stores of food, they had to start figuring out how to live, right? Yeah. So there was a way, even back then, to get water from extracting it from rocks. I imagine it's some, like, chemical process to just, like, basically pull any moisture out of the ground possible and then try to concentrate it in areas where people are living. Um, So they already had that set up, but it was very scarce, and starvation was a very real possibility. So um, the people that ended up taking control were violent, like, it was just whoever had a gun was basically, I'm in charge of this area all the water's mine, you know what I mean? Um, But the result of that was it stunted all growth and development, so it started to get worse because people weren't working together anymore, everyone was paranoid, and even if they weren't necessarily violent, they still weren't weren't going out and functioning as a community, right? So then the idea, my idea with the sheriffs was it was the, like, best and brightest that came with this expedition. So, like, engineers and scientists people that were there to build a society um kind of realized we're going to have to not only supply technology but also society like they had to educate everyone to build a new society um so they were the leaders that rose up out of the group and were like no we need to not be kill or be killed we need to have some sort of function yeah right and my idea with them is I didn't want them to just be like violent people that had guns and killed other yeah. violent people. It was like half of it was, yes, they were willing to fight and had and had armed themselves, hence the sheriffs. But the other half of it was they were mostly people that had another mm-hmm. skill and used that to try to benefit 
the colonies or the people that were there. So it was just as much about figuring out how to get everyone to survive and feel like they were safe as it was like displacing tyrants and providing a new kind of like system for like law and order. Um, so that was kind of my idea with the sheriffs of the past is that they were kind of like learned gunslingers. Okay. I like that. So, okay. I, so, so, so I you. never completely finished it as a young adult, but I started reading Lord of the Flies and I'm sad that you didn't go Lord of the Flies with this world. I, I, I have never read Lord of the oh, Flies. So I okay, actually don't know. Well, you didn't go Lord of the Flies completely, which is kind of sad. Bunch of kids killing each other. Anywho. Oh. Yeah, now I want to read it. You've convinced <laughs> me. great. I want to be sad. Okay. So society history. So I'm really <laughs> glad that like you are hardcore carrying this episode, by the way. Like, I'm proud of you. I'm you, feeling you good about really my world. I mean, so I, I feel This I feel is my positive. society history. Um... From the moment the golems became sentient, they have been battling with each other. This was not due to any hate, but because the golems, 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 love the glory of battle. The tribes formed in order to create groups that could best the other golems. Those who were defeated were taken in and either ritualistically tortured or made slaves as part of the golem tradition. This continued for hundreds of years until the human species came to Omicron. The Central Core Federation as known from episode three, Waterworld. Was, yeah, ah, I like kind yeah, of, I like for some back. of these worlds tying them together just because I, I can, but was the only ones to traverse Omicron before the Citadel was built. Central found no reason to war with the Golems over the land. Instead, they struck a deal. Because of the Golems' love for battle, they would allow them to fight in wars with them in order to gain true glory. And in return, the Golems would help them build and manage a prison on Omicron in order to keep those prisoners that Central deemed dangerous. This could be anyone from murderers to prisoners of war. The Golems took this deal and the Citadel was built. The Citadel was the first true structure on Omicron as the Golems had previously lived on whatever land they rested their bodies. The Citadel has human liaisons from Central that work alongside of the golems, but the golems mostly run things. They are brutal leaders and they torture the prisoners for their own entertainment. The golems who have entered the human army have become an unstoppable force on the battlefield, but aren't useful for much outside of that. They aren't the smartest or most dexterous, so operating the human technology is difficult for them. Omnicron's personal wars have ended altogether, and now most of the golems work to maintain the prison. The Citadel on Omicron has become known across the entire galaxy as the end of life. That is because those who enter either die due to harsh conditions, or if they do manage to live out their sentence, they are then released and completely changed. Life as they know it ends. And that is society history. So, um, as you remember from episode 3, I had like the Central Core government, which was basically... Um, a core of space colonies that kind of combined and decided to make one central government and rule the rest of the galaxy. They kind of are like the, oh, peace, love, happiness on the inside, but on the outside, they're like, oh, no, we need to have complete control of the galaxy. So they go through. Yeah, I was going to say, I seem to remember them being pretty, like, uh, benevolent, and this seems like the seedy um, we'll underbelly get, We'll get a little to bit. it a little more, but, like, yeah, it's part of, like, the government... Like portrays like oh yeah we've reached like peace treaties with other um other worlds but then like you'll see like in my next section how it's not all sunshines and rainbows for central core uh all right you, you ready yes, for my last section okay here we go society current well today ain't so bad we got food and water enough long as we careful we got schools and we got law and order Everyone's gotta work, but there's plenty of work to go around for just about everyone. Really, biggest trick is trying not to rely on the smarts of those that came before us. Sure, sure. Right now, you got all that fancy suit and you got fancy tools to help you survive. What happens when they start to break? Well, I'll tell you, pard. That's what we're working on now. We got tech, might as well be magic, but what we need is seeds that grow on less water and the ability to make simple tools to harvest. We need basic building materials. Anyway, place like this can be home, but you gotta make it home, else away is it's hell. Don't worry though, kid. You hit rock bottom now, the only place to go is up. So, get some sleep now, young one. 
I'll wake you up once there's something to drink in front of you. You fall asleep to the steady hum on the jet horse. The dusty old... Mm, the dusty old man... Oh, I said the dusty only man is the last thing you see. The dusty, the dusty old, old man, man is the last thing you see. Um, You blink awake as the old timer helps you off the vehicle. Well, we're here, kid. This here town's named Purgatory. Could go either way, you see? Me... We, mm, not me. We might as all. Mm, we might, I can type, I swear. We, not just me. I mean, I might do, but we might all die tomorrow. Or we might find an underground lake. Who's to know? Well, you can swing by the courthouse when you want to get start earning your keep. Might get lucky even. You might end up a deputy and we can work together. <laughs> he like slaps you on the back and sends you on your way. So, the town you roll into... What? You're giving me that look? Give me that look. No, I'm enjoying this. This is my enjoying this face. Really? I'm smiling. You have a resting, disappointed face. <laughs> <laughs> Do I now? I actually don't. I really like your world. I was, like, really intrigued by your story. And then you have to portray... You have to project this, like, feeling of unease on I you. mean, I feel easy. I, my throat is really sore now. I'm gonna love with you. Doing that voice hurts. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt last week. Um... But due to the compressing of my audio, it doesn't sound like I'm yelling the whole time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine, I'm probably still clipping. But anyways, so the world as it stands now, this town that you roll into, like I said, it's called Purgatory with the notion that, um, not that it's purgatorial necessarily, but that it could go either way. Like, everyone here is very aware that they're kind of standing on the edge of a knife. Like, all it takes is one thing going wrong and the town's wiped out. Um, so as such, um, people know they have to work together and it's kind of, like he said, you can make a home here, but you have to really make it a home. Otherwise it'll just eat you alive. So, um, it's a very close knit community with everyone having to work very like well together. Cause otherwise, you know, that it falls apart. Um, but anyways, to describe the town as it stands right now, it looks kind of like an old West town. Um, Because building materials are so scarce, they can't build massive structures, even though they have the know-how probably to do it. Everything's built fairly sparse because one of the scarcest things they have is trees. You know what I mean? So wood is not easy to come by. Yeah. So the town is kind of in the style of a rustic old town, but it's like half space age where they've like grabbed chunk of fuselage. That's the door now. And half rough cut timbers oh, from the trees that they've started to grow i love that i love when it's like a fusion of like old yeah because and that's what he was saying is like what they need now more than anything is seeds <laughs> and they need the ability to make tools <laughs> you know like that's that's what they're lacking um because they have computers and all that other stuff but they break and then they can't fix them because they're they're isolated so they're trying to break their dependency on this old fancy technology that has existed for a long time. Um, and then the other thing with the town is it's all of the settlements are under bubbles. You don't necessarily need to be under a bubble to, um, to like breathe the air, but humidity needs to stay where it's at. Cause if it disperses into the atmosphere, it can get blown away. So, like, uh, water's a renewable resource, but only if it stays right where it's at or there's plenty of water everywhere. So, if they let all of the water that they pump out go into the atmosphere, it would slowly bring the ambient, like, humidity in this world up to a survivable level. But right now, they can't do that. They're just trying to get, like, dense areas of like an enclosed environment you know what i mean so like you know how if you store water in a bottle and seal it it'll rain in the bottle that's basically what they're making is these like little bubble cities that are or not even bubble cities almost like bubble plantations that are there to grow crops and have water be present and keep it in one place so anyways that is uh that's the dirt I really, really, really like it. And I'm sorry if I have resting disappointment face. But I really, really <laughs> like that. And that that is one that's really good for, like, if we do in the future, like, having stories of worlds, I think that would be one to have a couple fun, like, old West stories. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, that, like, you could do some cool stuff with that. But, um, yeah. 
Now time for the end of mine, where I actually have a decently long section, because I kept adding on to it, because I kept it. was like, this is too short. Add some more. <laughs> so, um, here we go. The Central Core Federation has taken over most of the galaxy in their vicinity. Due to this, those who have either rebelled or stood up to defend themselves were either killed or captured and forced to serve a sentence at the Citadel. You, after reading what truly happened to Sayer Abadiata, um, see episode 3, <laughs> his team on Vesperia tried to spread the word of Central Core's cover-up. You quickly found yourself captured and sent to the Citadel. This was Central's way of silencing you. The journey to the Citadel is specifically supposed to be disorienting. They bind and blindfold you so you have no clue where you are or which direction you travel. Central has small bases on Omnicron where they maintenance the crafts that travel to and from. There are also quarters for personnel to live comfortably when they are not working shifts at the Citadel. The crafts that are that take prisoners to and from the Citadel land miles away and the prisoners are forced to walk through the barren lands. This way they will never know what direction the base the bases hosting the spacecrafts and personnel are. I need to increase the font size because I can barely read this. Give me a second. You good. You have been living in the Citadel for merely a few days and are already close to the point of breaking. Due to the nutrients, you are kept alive, but you are still thirsty, hungry, and weak from the work. At the Omnicron Citadel, the sentences are short. Some people are only sent here for a year, but a year can completely break the human spirit and mold that person into whatever central needs them to be. Most people who live out their sentences are then released, and from there it is up to central to decide what happens to them. The prisoners are not allowed the prisoners are not allowed to speak to each other by Gollum rule. This is heavily enforced. Heavily enforced, not heavenly enforced. The wardens believe that if the prisoners can talk, they will plan to escape. The prisoners don't talk to each other, and they definitely don't talk to you. It is almost completely silent. Breaking this rule leads to more punishment. If you continue to, to disregard the silence, the golems will silence you with a muzzle. Despite this, some prisoners sneak and talk during rest periods. Those who are particularly rebellious are forced into solitary confinement. Solitary confinement exists deep within the planet, close to its core, making the heat almost unbearable. Almost. An IV is hooked up to you, feeding you the nutrients you need to survive, but truly solitary is like spending a day in hell. If you manage to withstand all of that and still refuse to comply to the golems, you will, you will be... Oh my gosh. Starting that over. I'm just, like, having so much trouble reading today. If you manage to withstand all of that and still refuse to comply to the golem's will, you will then be walked. This is a ritual where they take you to the edge of the citadel and force you to walk as far as your legs can take you. Without the nutrients, the prisoners don't last long out in the barren lands. After sheer exhaustion, the prisoners lay down and die where they are. Some prisoners choose to be walked, believing they can find the hinder with the ships to get off the planet, or find the paradise that the personnel live in. The personnel specifically spread rumors of the paradise in order to create a false sense of hope, but even hope dies here on Omicron. You have two years left on your sen sentence. The thought of staying here one more day breaks your spirits, but deep down you believe that you can survive Omicron. And that's my world. Your world. I enjoy sad. making these hellish existences. Yeah, I've done like a couple of sad ones like right in a row. I do like though the notion of there being like a flip side to your like sunshine and rainbows world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy that. I, I like how you're slowly fleshing out like a whole galaxy of stuff, you know? I thought you said multiverses suck. I I mean I I actually do think they suck, but I was I was gonna be like nice and just say something complimentary. But yes, in reality, multiverses are always stupid, and you should never do them, and you should be ashamed of yourself. So there, are you happier now? Did that make you happier? <laughs> anyway, I, I like having like a small continuity with some of these worlds. Like, with magic and science leading into my horror world, I like to have just a little bit of a continuity. Uh, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah, you know. Look, you, you know, you, you called me yeah. out on it. I was just going to be nice, but no, no. You, you want to call down the thunder? No, fine. fine. I, I, like, I like the truth better than lies, man. Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, well, but I liked your world. I thought I thought right? it was good. I enjoyed okay, it. Okay, well, 
right, well, it's your turn to roll for it. Oh my gosh, it is. I'm not prepared. Jordan, what the heck? I have I have the roll chart up, so if you want to roll. I no, screw it. that. I'm getting the roll chart up. I'm so excited. Holy crap, I haven't gotten no. to roll in forever. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Oh, I didn't. You didn't have to do that, though. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't asking I you know, to. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, um, I didn't, but you know. Okay, Whatever. roll chart. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. What is it? Oof. You have to say what it is. Oof. Jordan, I rolled what? nine. Write a story based on one of your worlds. Wow, we I just put that up there and you already rolled it. I know, I know. Well, we have extra time because next week is holiday. So, oh, yeah, Jordan, I'm not going to record on yeah, Thanksgiving. So, Sorry. Yeah, I will not be in town to record. So we'll reconvene in two weeks and write a story about one of our worlds. Yeah, that's scary, we'll man. Talk. I'm going to have to really think about I don't know what world I'm going to do. I might do the breath, honestly. I don't know. You really should, though. Uh, it's been so but long we'll since have I've to done talk it. Off air how we want to formulate that episode, but um, I'm really excited to do that. It's really funny how I just put that on the list and you instantly rolled that, like after we have been talking about this for quite a while. Yep, so. I guess, yeah. It's pretty fun. But um, so I think we're going to close it out. Um, one thing that I want to talk about really quick is a thing I've been enjoying, like reading, watching, writing, is I've been listening to the Rumor Flies podcast on the Dark Collect or sorry, Dark Myths Collective, I think is what they're called. Um, it is a podcast where they um, basically do MythBuster stuff, and they'll take like a rumor or a set of rumors based on a topic, and they'll kind of dispel or prove that rumor through research. So it's really good. Um, the guy who does it, Ryan pretty cool dude um and also does a really awesome twitch stream if you want to check that out as well as instant replay but either way really cool guys and have listened to a little bit of our show and is super supportive so i just wanted to be supportive back and great podcast i like how you had to like qualify you know like this is like a transaction (laughs) it's not a it's not a transaction i actually really like the podcast and i've been listening to it constantly at work and there are some of the rumors that they talk about it's like Oh, that's something I believed my entire life, and you just told me it's wrong, huh? And then there's other ones where it's like, ah, I knew it, I knew it, but it's it's a really good podcast. I would check it out. I kind of um, don't want to though. Now I'm like afraid that I'm gonna find out I'm stupid. That there, it's not that many things where it's just like, ah, oh, I'm an idiot. But there are some. It's like, oh, I always believed that. Like their animal episode was what was like, oh, I always believed that, but. Most of those are just Wait, or myths. Specifically, just what are you saying, Jordan? Um, I forget what the one off the top of my head is. Um, one of them was um that ostriches don't bury their heads in sand. Did you think that ostriches bury their head in sand? I heard it, and I like it was one of those things as a kid. I believe that I completely forgot about that, and then they brought it up. Like, oh, that's not real. Oh, huh. Jordan, I have an animal-related one <laughs> that I was embarrassed Living's? to find out. This one's pretty good. Jordan, you ready for this? Yeah. Jordan, you know how the Russians sent a monkey into space? Yeah. I thought the monkey flew the jet. Like the the, the, the rocket. (laughs) 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 That's fantastic. I did not realize this until this year, or no, last year, I went to the Smithsonian to see the uh, um, the air and space Smithsonian, and they had like a reconstruction of that Russian like probe that had the monkey in it, and he's all like taped down, and he has like electrodes in his head, and he can't move at all. Yeah, because like, he's a monkey, man. And I looked over at Mandy and went, "Well, how could he reach the controls?" <laughs> and she's like, "Wait, did you think the monkey oh, flew?" The aircraft, like the spacecraft, and I'm like, well, yeah, I thought they like trained him on how to fly. This is where, as like a 25 year old, I think at the time, I was slowly realizing, like, how could they possibly think it would be acceptable to put a monkey on top of a bomb and have him fly it? Why would they do that? Like, they'd already sent up satellites. Why would they suddenly have the monkey fly the mission? Oh, my gosh, dude. So, yeah, anyways, that was something I realized about a year ago. 
that uh, the monkey did not fly the mission to space, which is a real shame when you think about it. Oh my gosh, dude! Can't, I can't believe you. Last thing I want to mention before we go is um, Wandering Gamer Network. Check them out; they're doing great podcasts, actual plays, and all of that stuff. <laughs> Cody can always talk more about this than I can because you know he runs the thing. I don't run the thing, Jordan. I think I'm like hardly even a participant. I think that I'm involved in the Wandering Gamer Network like I'm involved in this. Like I'm the person that shows up and they're like... You just show up? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, did you prepare something? I'm like, well, I feel like RPGs are more of a freeform art and it really flourishes as a collaboration. And then the people I'm playing with are like, does that just mean you don't plan anything? And I'm like, yes, it does. Oh my gosh, dude. You are quite frankly the worst person ever. Yeah, no, I'm pretty I'm that. pretty horrible in a lot of ways. I, I have some really bad habits, like being a lazy piece of garbage. Speaking of a well, lazy piece of garbage will continue even without you. But I got a Roomba, they actually are pretty nice. Okay, we'll have to talk about that next time. It's time to go. Um hope you guys enjoyed this episode. In two weeks we will be doing another one, which will be story time. World shop stories. So, yeah. We will talk to y'all later. Bye. Later.